0: Welcome to this episode of SDI Encounters, a podcast from SDI, the home of spiritual companionship. I'm Matt Whitney. Brian Plakta is a spiritual director based in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Brian joined me for this conversation about spiritual direction and companionship, and he offers really practical advice on being present to the companion while not getting in the way or over-directing the companion's spiritual journey. We began by talking about the notion of failing someone we've been companioning, which relates to an article Brian wrote for Presence Journal, which appeared in the December 2019 issue. Well, let's start. So, Brian, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being willing to come on this podcast. Uh, This is kind of how I envision the podcast is is being (laughs) this vehicle where I get to know spiritual directors in our SDI community and uh, get to share their stories and the singular ways in which they are practicing spiritual companionship.
1: Yeah, it's great to connect, thank you very much.
0: Yeah, maybe you could tell us a little bit about the work you do as a spiritual companion. What does that look like for you in your, in your day-to-day?
1: Sure, so I, I kind of wear two hats. Uh, one is as a lawyer for 36 years here in Grand Rapids, but then really my, my passion is around being a spiritual director, a writer, and a workshop uh, presenter. Um, as a spiritual director, I, I work a lot um, at, at Dominican Center at Marywood, which is a ecumenical uh, uh, spiritual center here in Grand Rapids. Just work with individual clients, sometimes with uh, group spiritual direction at times too, um, but then also love volunteering at uh, a local, uh, it's called Guiding Light Mission, which is a local um, addiction recovery center for men, a four-month program, which is really interesting that the, the recovery center Guiding Light requires uh, the men there to meet weekly with a spiritual director as part of their ongoing process, just to kind of develop their own spirituality, however they conceive of God as a higher power. So that's always kind of fun. It's always uh, interesting because you meet with the guys one-on-one each week. So you really get a taste for, um, who they are and uh, what's going on in their lives. And uh, it's also challenging because some of the guys leave the program. One of the articles I wrote for The Presence magazine was uh, anonymously about a guy who actually left the program. Um, And it was my real (laughs) encounter with what do you do when you fail (laughs) as a spiritual director. But it's really life giving. There's that giving and receiving. Um, As a writer, I like to take uh, complex theological uh, spiritual concepts and really make them practical for people to um, really integrate into their lives. Uh, usually, it's stuff that I'm chewing on myself, and then I like to take uh, the stuff that I'm learning in, in, into the workshop format to help others really grow and uh, you know integrate their experience of God into their lives too. Ooh, that's wonderful.
0: I I want to I want to hear more about all of that. I want to begin with uh, the work you do for the recovery center. Sure. And I read your presence article, it was in the December 2019 issue, so I guess that was okay. uh, a pretty recent issue.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, the story in there was really, really beautiful. Can you maybe give just a, a quick overview of that experience and how you relate that to the notion of failing or yeah. and the ways that you experienced that and, and yeah. learned from it?
1: Yeah, it was a, a real eye opener for me. I'm a one on the enneagram, so you know I always like to fix things. I'm a reformer, um, which is certainly a gift, but it's also you know the the shadow side of that is we sometimes walk into that role that we think we as ones have to change the universe. And so, um, you know, I think a lot of times with with people, um, you know, particularly with with guys in recovery. You know i had worked with this guy for over six months and uh you know he really he continued outside of the program with me and was really making progress and he was still living at the at the guiding light and one day uh, as i wrote in the article i walked into Guiding Light to meet with him and uh, they said oh didn't you know uh, tony i'll just use his f- a fictitious name that, that, that he he left i'm like and, and i just was shocked. I mean, I came face to face with my ego, certainly, of, oh my God, I failed. And um, I first was really angry at the the center for not letting me know, like, I could have, you know, called him or met with him or something, you know. Um, But then I realized that was just me again. Um, And then I went into this, I tried to look for him for like 20 minutes, a half hour, an hour in downtown Grand Rapids, where there's what's called the Heartside District. Um, and I literally was, was in this really, you know, egoic state of trying to find him, thinking I could pull him back. And when I realized that, um, you know, he, he didn't want to be found, he, he wasn't going to get found. Um, my first sense in my quiet time with God uh, later that, that evening was, I failed you, God. I, I, I screwed up, basically. And that was the first movement inside of me. And then as I brought that more to prayer and actually talked to my peer group about it, it was, wow, the lesson for me, what the, the invitation was, we're not God as spiritual directors. You know, we show up and that's that's why, the, at least when I do spiritual direction, I think many of us do at Dominican Center, um, you know, there's a third chair there. There's the, 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 the client, the directee, us as a director. But I always try to make sure there's a third chair as a reminder that, Really, the director is God, and so it was a really humbling experience for me to say, you know what, you do the work and you leave the results to God. And so, while the article was titled what, "What Do You Do When You Fail as a as a spiritual director," I think the reality of it is, as long as we show up, that's what I came to the realization, and we try to be as open and as uh, transparent as a conduit for God. Uh, we don't fail. It's personal choices that people make, and really, God holds that person more lovingly than we ever could as spiritual directors. And uh, never heard from the guy. Um, don't know where he is, um, and just lift him up in prayer, basically. So it was a very, uh, a good, a, a hard experience, but a good experience to learn that you know we're just a conduit in the midst of this this ministry that we do.
0: Yeah, that's a really key understanding of spiritual direction uh that i think most people who are new to spiritual direction maybe don't quite understand uh or are not quite sure about in in regards to the the spiritual directors sort of trying to get out of their own way so you keep talking about the the egoic state and uh the letting go um the question that i have as somebody who is training to be a spiritual director is how, what is, what are the ways in which you are both letting go in regards to how you describe, you know, allowing God to be the director, but also being willing to, or at least finding a way to show up in regards to your own person, your, your spiritual giftings, your, your presence.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Have you found that line between <laughs> letting go and showing up?
1: I, I, it's a both and, I think. You know, so for me, it, it, you know, what comes to mind is really th- three pieces to that. One is, as a spiritual director, I need to, outside the spiritual direction room on a daily basis, be allowing God to continue to transform me. Um, you, you know That my own practice of meditation, contemplation, spiritual reading— um, uh, you know, being in a community with a peer group um, and then, you know, using my gifts. I mean, that, that whole process of transformation is ongoing for, for us as spiritual directors. And I think the first piece is to continue to allow God to shape and form us. The second piece is I acknowledge when I'm going into, you know, meeting with, with a directee, I usually am nervous. And one of my directors years ago said, pray for the grace of emptiness Um, And so as I, um, uh, you know, move into the meeting, you know, half hour, 20 minutes before I, you know, as that nervousness rise up, I just give me the grace of emptiness. And then I love something else that Margaret Gunther uh, writes about is, let me be present to you, God, for this directee. And and that's really a huge prayer for me is, you know, if let's say it's Tony is my directee. So as I'm Moving into that session, it's God, let me be present to you for Tony. Um, and that really seems to center me. Um, and I, I like this vision of um, years ago, there's a gal who she was a Buddhist gal and her name was Ruby. And we were having a uh, coffee with her, you know, a buddy of mine. And she says, you know, she, she lifted her hands over her head and said, you know, the divine flow is really God you know, descending upon us. And then as she moves her head down, you know, towards her head, into her body, into her heart, she says, we receive the gift of God and then God flows through us. And I, I love that image really as a metaphor, as I'm sitting with a directee is really, you know, asking my, you know, really kind of this <laughs> quiet conversation with God. God, what was it you would like me to offer to this person? Is there a question where do you want me to go with that? So I'm both listening to, to God as best I can, but also present to the directee as that conduit. So I typically kind of in this contemplative prayer with God in the midst of it. Um, and then I think the third piece is when the directee leaves the room, um, and I don't always do that perfectly, but um, really one of uh, you know one of our peer group supervisors said, to really stay, if you can, for another five, 10 minutes and lift that person back to God, because God loves that person and cares for that person much more than we ever could as directee. And so we lift them back to God um, in in that kind of letting go process. So I think it's that, that threefold movement for me. One is continue to be formed as a spiritual director individually in my own life so that I can recognize my own Um, you you know, issues and particularly in peer group uh, to to work through them. The second is moving into that space, you know, praying for the grace of emptiness, asking that we can be present to God for that person. And then third, you know, after they've left the room to just lift them back up to God and hold them in, in prayer. So... But it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, no, I
0: mean, you just, you <laughs> painted a very, uh, thank you for sharing all that, a, a very vulnerable picture of what is happening behind the scenes in, in regards to the inner work of the spiritual companion yeah. in the session. I've talked with friends before who, you know, had their first spiritual direction encounter and they were like, well, the, the doctor didn't really say a whole lot. They just sort of sat there and listened. And it's like yeah. there's a lot of work <laughs> happening there to just be there and listen to. <laughs>
1: You know, the funniest story, years ago, you know, as a lawyer, it's a completely different way. I mean, clients come in and you analyze the issues. Okay, this is your problem. Here's three options, and I think you should do X, Y, and Z. So 25 years ago, when I was first, I had my first spirit direction client, I used the lawyer model that I didn't realize was wrong for spirit direction, the gal came in, I said, well, honey, I think, you know, you've got this problem, this problem, I think you should see a mental health counselor for this and did da and she just kind of looked at me and says, I think we're done, <laughs> and it was like, wow, I it really, that was another learning experience of, you know, you don't go in as a lawyer um, or even as a social worker and try to fix things. You're really there recognizing the answers are in the person, them, between them and God, And you're just trying to help them see interiorly where God's leading and nudging them through questions or active. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's, it's an amazing process. That's for sure. Yeah. It's one of the main
0: reasons we use the term companionship around here because we find so many spiritual directors saying that I'm not really directing at all it's yeah. uh as you describe god is doing the directing and i'm just listening and you know so we talk about companionship in regards to sort of walking alongside people as they find their way to the divine yeah as a as a, as a director i'm doing my finger quotes right now <laughs> it's, it's hard it's tricky
1: yeah it is it is yeah yeah, I, yeah. There's another image I've been trying to find, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but there's this old myth of that when camels walk in the desert, they walk side by side to blow the dust out of each other's eyes. Um, and I, I've been trying to find where that quote comes from. It, it's but it really is that companioning thing, as you say, the mentoring thing, is we're just walking alongside another individual with our own experience Um, and and listening and trying to help blow dust out of their eyes so they can see their experience of God more, more, more clearly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: If you've been listening to this podcast, you probably have a good sense of what it means to be on the spiritual journey. If you're curious about this, well, do you ever ask yourself questions around the meaning of life? What is the meaning of your life? Do you know yourself in your truest and fullest sense? Why are you here on this earth? What do you have to offer to the world? How can you be and sit with the inevitable pain, loss and difficulty that beset us all at times? These are really deep questions. And spiritual companions go to work every day, listening, asking questions, and offering compassion to help people like you find your own answers, workable answers, answers that are personal and practical, that build inner strength and equanimity. A spiritual companion listens to and honors without judgment your unique spiritual journey. Spiritual companions help each person find balance in the adventure of their lives and practice compassion with all whom they encounter. SDI is the home of spiritual companionship, and we believe everyone should have a spiritual companion. If you're interested in finding a spiritual companion, please check out our resource on our website, The Seek and Find Guide a database of over 7,000 spiritual directors, chaplains, and life coaches from around the world who are available to companion with you on your own spiritual journey. The Seek and Find Guide is available on our website, sdiworld.org. In regards to the Recovery Center and the work you do there, and thank you for that work, I imagine that you encounter people that... May not know necessarily where to begin, right? So you describe the that the spiritual direction provided through the recovery center is, I don't want to say compulsory. It's part of the it's part of the paradigm of it, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, so somebody's not necessarily choosing spiritual direction. They don't necessarily know what they are getting into, uh, and you know, I presume a lot of them have. Uh, you know, religious history or spiritual background or relationship to God, but also maybe that some don't. And, and I wonder if you meet somebody who isn't sure, like they sit down with you for the first time. They're like, I don't know what I'm here. I don't know what this is for. Sure. What are some heart awakening questions that you would offer somebody who is just experiencing this, this sure. relationship for the first time?
1: Yeah. So I, I think the first thing, um, I try to do is one, just ask them any questions first of all, but but also, and just giving them an overview that that really the sense of spiritual direction again is that God is a director or their higher power is a director, and I'm here as a conduit to help them draw closer to their experience of God and to name what may seem very ordinary to them, but really to help them experience God directly in their lives. Um, I think that for me, one of the most important questions um, is really, do you believe in God or a higher power? Um, because yeah, uh, the, for example, a recent directee of mine, I just got assigned to, he calls himself an atheist. It's like, okay, what, um, where do we go with that? It, it, you know, do you believe in a higher power? Is there something beyond you? Um, he says, right now it's, it's my AA group. Like, okay, great. And the companionships, the love we have for their um. So, trying to be very sensitive to um, not not tell him or, or teach him. Oh no, you're wrong, and there is a God, and da da da. You know. So, the first question I think is, who is God to you? Um, and then the next question I often use is, okay, and really allow invite them to use a phrase, a word, an image of who God is to them, so that they can really quantify it as a relationship, not an intellectual. Um, an endeavor but really if god is real and god does speak to to us in our own unique ways uh, albeit not typically with an audible voice um, it is a relationship so who is god to you and so some people may say it's um, the divine spirit it may be my my aa group um, it might be god you know or, or the father or you, you know my, my brother, my friend. So, really, kind of working with that, you know, as a beginning place is who is God to you? And then the follow up question is if it's a relationship uh, with God as one part of the relationship, but you as the other, God who is love, what would God call you? What would be the word, the metaphor, uh, the image that God would use for you? And that always seems to be the hardest question, I think, for all of us, myself included, is, wow. And and the idea being, you know, the the minute you go to the negative, well, that's not the God of love speaking to you. I'm an idiot. I'm a jerk. I I screwed up. You know, I'm a loser. It's like, well, that could be your own voice. It probably isn't the voice of of God speaking to you. So, uh, you know, really what would God, who is is love, what would the voice of love, what would he, he, she, it it call you? So, and then you play around with that, you know. Um, I think the next question is, often ask them, um, do you meditate? Do you have a, I call it quiet time because I think that word prayer for all of us has a lot of different connotations. Meditation means one thing, contemplation. So it's just really, do you have some quiet time in the morning uh, where you like to just be alone in solitude with yourself and God? And what does that look like? So that's kind of the third piece, you know, is, um, inviting them to really establish that quiet time so that they do begin to directly experience god in whatever ways, um, yeah. uh, and maybe talking about if they do have some type of meditation practice what what does that look like to them what's life giving for them and they go with whatever it is that seems to be working and, and then inviting them to bring the experiences they have both in that quiet time throughout the week uh, or month and also um, throughout the, the day where are they experiencing the presence of God? Where are they recognizing? I like to use the, the where's Waldo thing, you know, from the, my, when my kids were young, we had all those where's Waldo uh, uh, books where they, he's buried in there. It's like, where's God, you know, where, where's God? Where did you see God today or the presence of God today? Yeah, so.
0: What a great metaphor, the where's Waldo. <laughs> Imagine like looking over the, the two page spread of my day.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, we're God? Like, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I think that's you know, as as Richard Rohr and James Finley, a couple of my teachers, you, you know, certainly remind us the only way we can really speak about God is is through metaphors because yeah. God cannot we cannot intellectually uh, understand or contain God. We can only say God is like. Where's Walt, finding Where's Waldo? Or, you yeah. Know, he, I think those metaphors are also helpful, at least, at least for me. Particularly as a writer, that's—I live my world in metaph- metaphors, basically. Yeah, of course.
0: Oh, we here too. I mean,
1: you know, when we talk about, whenever we're talking about
0: divinity, you know, all our language is contingent. Even in, when we're talking about meditation just now, it's like, well, what is what is happening in that, you know, quiet time as you described it? It, it looks very different. It looks different for me from day to day. You know, yeah. it might look more like centering prayer one day, and yep. another day it, it might look more like a like a sort of self-emptying. Uh, another day it might be more like a mantra,
1: uh, and another day it might be like all of them kind of mixing
0: <laughs> up as it goes. And,
1: exactly. Yeah. And the, and the names of God too, kind of
0: move. You know, there's so many. Uh, none of
1: them is the name, right? It's, it's, yeah. And as that name changes, you know, the relationship changes. So being aware of that's how, you know, for myself and directees is when someone comes and says, you know, my name for God today is really changed. It's the divine spirit. Well, tell me about that. What what does that mean? Because it means the relationship with God is changing in some way. You know, as you say, for all of us, it, it does change. It should change. You know, some, I think about my wife, you, you, you know, um, sometimes I call her sweetie, sweetheart, Denise, you know, that my name's for her change. As hers do do for me too and and the other metaphor for me is when our kids were young we always did a God date or a, 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 a spouse date uh, you know her and I we were really intentional about once a week you know get a babysitter go out and and do a date night basically yeah. and I think about that quiet time with God is really that daily God date you know and so again if it's a relationship You know, sometimes with my wife, it's like, oh, let's go out and, you know, go to a movie tonight. Let's go out to dinner. or Let's just sit here and hold hands by the fireplace. I think it's the same thing with God, you know, in that quiet time. It's really, like you say, it changes. So it might be just starting that quiet time for me with, um, what do you want to do this morning, God? (laughs) You know, do you want to listen to pray as you go? Do you want to do some centering prayer? Do you want to do some body prayer? I mean, where are we at today, God? And just really kind of letting God and myself, what's going to be life-giving in this hour or whatever period of time that you, you know you're going to do the god date thing in the morning
0: yeah <laughs> when you bring up a really a really beautiful counterpoint too which is just how does god name you yeah and that most of us don't really think about that yeah.
1: whatever are, what are our names for god yeah yeah hmm. yeah it, it's powerful i mean you it, it like again it, i think what it adds is I mean, I was was raised Catholic and and continue to practice Catholicism. But I I think, you know, my early experience was this intellectual relationship with God. Like, he was always out there outside of myself, you you, you know. And then slowly, as I went through different experiences, all of a sudden, you know, I I realized finally what the the Protestants say is, you know, do you have a personal relationship with God? You know, but I experienced it in a different way, not like this baptism of, you know, but more a sense of, wow, there is this intimate, this God of the universe that created the stars and the moon and the skies. God wants to speak to me and you in our own unique ways. So it is a relationship on the inside. And uh, if, if if you know, we have a name for God, then yeah, like you said, what's God's name for us? Who are we in the sight of God? Sometimes it's beloved. Right now, the, the word I'm really, like, it's really changing me is... <clears throat> we are the divine essence of God. Um, and, and James Finley says, we are not God and we are not other than God. Yeah. <clears throat> Another uh, one of my teachers says, um, um, God dwells in us as us. And those understandings, well, I, you know, about who I might be in relationship to God Wow, they're they're really transforming me. I'm just holding them like sipping a good cup of tea, you know, or a good cup of wine. Letting that really, that's really, that's how you see me, God. Yeah, I'm your I'm not God, but God dwells in me as me. God dwells in you as you. Wow, that's that's a different relationship. It's much more intimate all of a sudden. You know, so I think it is paying attention to those shifts in how God sees us or we're understanding god in relationship to ourselves can I mean, be really really deep you know yeah yeah it's pa- it's a powerful idea it's
0: uh it's one that i've kind of come to practice over the last year for myself and yeah i kind of have to be careful in the way that i talk about it because it also
1: can be <laughs> a little bit heretical
0: depending well, yeah. on who
1: you're talking to exactly yeah i wrote a blog uh once I, my blog we, we each week that goes out about a thousand people and i one guy unsubscribe he says you're suggesting that you're god and you know he unsubscribes and sends me a nasty email I'm like, no i'm not saying i'm god but you know, God does dwell in us, you know, it's, and I love, that's what Finley says, is we're not God, but we're not other than God, and that's, you know, God does, gave us the Holy Spirit, you know, the Christian tradition um, that dwells within us, and so there is that sense of, we are the, you know, the, the, the divine presence of God revealed in our own individual lives in, in a unique way, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: powerful. It's uh and and paradoxical and uh, <laughs> but it's uh it, it's something good to contemplate I think uh, it really is yeah it's not something you can really I mean you can sort of do some thinking some intellectual theological work around that but it's more of a experiential knowing it's
1: yeah body exactly. knowing
0: it's a it's that intimate level of relationship that that you describe
1: yeah and
0: as you as you do that. So how can it not be that? How can God not be that way? I think yeah. this is where you, what you end up coming to.
1: Yeah, you know, there's even I, I, I uh, think of I, I love to take Scripture too, and particularly the New Testament, and and put ourselves in where Jesus was. And you know, there's that point when Jesus is, you, you know, gonna, just about thrown off the ledge by his the townsfolk, basically, and shortly thereafter he goes to Peter and he says to Peter, "Tell me who I am," and yeah you know, I, yeah, you can see, and again, scripture being, you know, something that you can, mid as they say, that has different interpretations, and it speaks to us. I often think of that, I, I wonder, if the human part of Jesus was like, I don't know who I am anymore. Am I really the son of, of God that he hears to say, You know, and he needed Peter to mirror back to him. No, you are the son of God, and you, you know, don't let the people tell you otherwise. And at that same sense of maybe Jesus, even at times, the human part of Jesus needed, you know, Peter and, and maybe the other disciples tell me who I am. And then Jesus mirrors back to Peter and Peter, you are rock. <laughs> you, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. Wow. You know, it's like how affirming that is that they mirror back to each other who they are in relationship to God. And, That's and, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Rather
0: than self-defined ask the spiritual companion, who am I? How do you see yeah, 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 yeah. I want to ask you about being a lawyer <laughs> and sort of wearing these multiple hats uh, in a vocational sense. So you are you are a practicing lawyer and a spiritual director and a retreat leader and all, all these other things. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, how do I, how do you balance that? And uh, how do you? Uh, it sounds like you know you have maybe you have to do one to. To sort of pay the bills, the tent making work, as it
1: were. Uh, right. Yeah. So interesting story. Uh, um, the, the paradox of how God works <laughs> through different, you know, aspects of our life—kind of that, 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 like a river that goes different ways. So, when I was at, at Aquinas, an undergrad, um, I always, I thought I wanted to be a priest and um, or a lawyer. <laughs> Talk about a paradox, you know. And, and I wasn't sure. It was, you know, my senior year of college, I had this amazing relationship with a, a girl, my girlfriend, who then ultimately became my wife. Um, I was fell in love with her. We loved each other. Um, I was signed up for law school, but I'd gone on a number of retreats. And I was honest with this saying, I'm not sure if I'm called to be a priest or not. So interesting how I stumbled into spiritual direction. So a, a friend of mine said, well, why don't you go meet with Bishop Gumbleton um, and just have dinner with him? And i OK, I guess so. And so Gumbleton and I were talking and, and just had a great conversation. And he had a little uh, like, like a, a quilt on his legs and we were in his house. And he said he flipped it over and he says, look at all the threads um, on underneath this 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 quilt on the, on the surface. It looks really normal. But if you flip it over, there's a thread that runs through that. And he said, I would encourage you to look at the tapestry, the thread of your life. You've signed up for law school, you've been accepted. Um, you know, you've got this great wife. Um, you know, I, yeah, you got. You feel maybe this nudge to be a lawyer, but your life is heading in a different direction and in a good direction too. So he said, I would encourage you to follow that thread. But he said, I like you when you go to law school to meet once a month with this priest. I went to school in law school in Detroit. Um, outside of uh, Detroit, this, this priest. And it was really, I didn't realize it then, but he was <laughs> introducing me to spiritual direction. So I would go once a month to see this this priest while I was in law school and just talking about my life and da-da-da. You know, I got married, um, um, I had four kids, you know, great uh, great experience as a lawyer, uh, but always had this nudge that there was something more. And, and you know, and, and even in the sense of, well, maybe I let God down because I wasn't a priest, you know, um, and so probably 25, 30 years ago, I went on a, a week-long retreat and just really was like, whoa, this is, and I came back <clears throat> and I told my wife, I said, honey, honey, I think I found the way. And she says, what are you talking about? She said, if I become an Episcopalian priest and get ordained, I can come into the Catholic Church as a married priest. And so I think that's where God's leading me. And she just kind of looked at me, talking about a good spiritual director and my wife. just <laughs> you know, you, if you want to do that, you can, but I'm not going with you. And she said, I think you should really talk to our director of li- religious ed at our church, uh, Joanne. And so I went and met with Joanne and Joanne said, I would really encourage you to find a spiritual director. You, you've had obviously a deepening of your faith life. And the God nudge here is how do you bring that back to, uh, you know, integrate it into your real life. So really, that was my Older introduction to to spiritual direction, um, and and Joanne referred me to Dominican Center, so I've been in spiritual direction for 35 years. My life was my wife is like, oh, thank God, you know, somebody's going to help him, other than me, try to you know get him to get off his high horse or ego trip he's on, um, and then yeah, you know, I continued as a lawyer, um, but I always sensed that. Again, that was kind of my tent making job and that the ministry um, of spiritual direction and writing and all that just slowly evolved. Um, You know, I took a a, a Catholic, um, uh, there's a uh, Catherine of Siena Institute has a spiritual gifts inventory. There's a number of them out there. And I I took that in my 30s and, you know, recognized the gifts were my writing, encouragement, um, uh, leadership and teaching. And that kind of helped shape. Oh, wow, yeah, encouragement. That certainly I do that as a lawyer, but there was that nudge to, to go on and become certified as a spiritual director. Um, and so I, you know, that, that encouragement gift came from that, um, the teacher, you know, the workshop. So, uh, and then certainly the writer, as I continue to write blogs and, and, and different books. Uh, One i right now called Finding Flow. Um, so it it just kind of evolved, and I and I recognized that my life wasn't if i just left being a lawyer all of a sudden my wife and kids would go who in the heck is this god that you think you're so in love with Brian?" it would be the jesus and me would be someone that they really would be angry because i left them high and dry i recognized it was more of a gradual the tent making would slowly move into the ministry and so began to kind of get the masters in pastoral counseling and do more spiritual direction knowing that eventually i would probably sell my law firm to a younger guy and kind of look for the, the right person over the years, um, kissed a lot of frogs along the way that weren't, that weren't the right ones, And uh, but slowly the timing was right. It, it worked out perfectly. Um, and so just you know, kind of what I was practicing law probably 80% of the time and doing the other stuff, you know, writing and spiritual direction and workshops, 20%. And slowly as i I aged um, you know, into my 60s now, it's really reversed where I'm doing the law more 20 percent of the time and and the other more 80 percent so it's been that gradual but that listening <laughs> that holy listening yeah. like where are you leading me God it, you know and, and having someone spiritual director help me see where the breadcrumbs were <laughs> along the way because I could have really uh, gone down a lot of wrong paths <laughs> you know had I not been
0: yeah well it's really interesting I really uh it's probably easier for you to identify those breadcrumbs, uh, you know, having walked that path.
1: Exactly, <laughs> and they're
0: not so apparent in front of you, but only sort of after you have picked them up and eaten them.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Yeah, it's yeah. It, I had no idea walking down that path where I was being led. It's kind of that mystery of our lives. I saw a thing today on Instagram. Somebody posted a thing. I've taken the the road less traveled. And now I have no idea where I'm at. <laughs> and it's really a description of the spiritual life that it is a mystery, and it, it just invites us to that deeper listening. And it does make clearer sense as we look backwards, as opposed when to, we're in the, the midst of that. But again, where I think the whole ministry of spiritual direction for all of us is so important to be, you know be listening and and that contemplative stance towards life, letting the Holy yes. Spirit guide us. Yeah. Since so, mm-hmm.
0: that you are, I mean, that's where you are practicing faith. You know, just am I doing this right? Am I taking the right paths? I I hope so. Yeah, uh, it requires a lot of trust.
1: Yeah, it really does. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Can you? Uh, how did you come to learn about SDI? How did you learn? Come to get involved and in, in write for us and and all sure. of that.
1: Yeah, so when I finished the, the three-year program at Dominican Center to be certified, um, you, you know, one of my mentors uh, at, at, in my peer group said, hey, have you ever heard of SDI? And I'm like, no, I hadn't. Well, that's the international community of spiritual directors. And like, like you know, she was saying, there really isn't a licensing per se or, a, it, it, you know, any, but really SDI is really the, um, really the, the credibility, the, the international group that provides us with the resources and the sense of, yeah, I do belong to this international organization. So there's some accountability, you know, she was saying, um, there's certainly resources. So yeah, I, I just, you know, I her nudging, I, I joined and, um, you know, have really found that uh, just very life giving. I mean, I love the presence magazine every month whenever quarter or whatever it comes, you know, I'm like, oh, I love these articles in here. Um, um, they're just, I, I feel like you know, I found my community in, in essence that's extends well beyond just, you know, the, the, the territory of Grand Rapids, Michigan and stuff. It's yeah. like, wow, there are other like-minded people out there and you know, sharing our experiences and our hope. Um, so that, that's been really an amazing you know experience. I think also the, the seek, um, the, uh, the seek and find guide has been helpful, um, just to be able to put it out there basically the vulnerable and say, yeah, this is what I do. And, yeah, I've had like four or five uh, in the last couple of years individuals contact me through through that basically um, I go oh yeah <laughs> I'm on that you find guide right you know and uh, and so yeah that that's been really neat um yeah the, the, and the, in terms of writing for for presence magazine I that story about um, you know Tony that yeah what do I do when I failed as a spiritual director it just felt like it was I just felt that god nudge of this is something that maybe other directors could could relate to um because it really was a holistic experience <laughs> both humbling and and and, and wisdom wise you know that it got helped me grow so um yeah so it's been a, a fun journey it's an amazing organization and then we in, in grand rapids were required um to actually get insurance um as a spiritual director it's been kind of a new uh, requirement and so through sdi there's the the, uh, the agency that will uh, affiliated or they, they endorse SDI and so it was another good good resource for the insurance that they asked us to keep in place annually. So, yeah. That's wonderful I, I love hearing about the ways that
0: the organization is is helping you but also on the ways that you are are giving back to it um, you are sure. uh, you're witnessing <laughs> very wonderfully too okay. uh, well, what we want the organization to be you know okay. to be a resource and to be a, a guild. Um, Brian, is there anything else that, uh, that I haven't asked you about that you would, that you would like to speak to or share?
1: Yeah. The, a couple of things I already touched on, but you know, if there's anything that I would both for myself and others encourage is, you know, that aspect of as spiritual directors to continue, you know, our meditation practice, our quiet time, whatever that is, our contemplative, um, and letting God form us. I mean, I, I used to think years ago that, you know, I'm going to climb the mountain and I'm going to arrive and find enlightenment. It's like, no, that's not it. It's, it's why we call it practice. So for me, that's probably the most important thing uh, is I can continue to do is to be open to how God is forming me now until the rest of the others they get to the other side, basically. I think the other piece I found um, really kind of grew out of the living school was that I think spiritual directors, one of the things that we offer, and, and we sh- shouldn't be afraid to do that, is sometimes some practices that our directees can take uh, into their own lives. So I, I kind of we were called in spiritual uh, in the in Richard Rohr School to develop what would be our our um, kind of our Saint Benedict rule of life, and so I came up with the you know I kind of looked at all the spiritual teachers over the generations and really come up with four. Lifestyle patterns that they they you know incorporate in their lives. One was that aspect of solitude, taking that daily time to be alone with God, which probably is the most important piece I think for all of us, whether we're spiritual directors or uh, or not. Um, but that's really the crux of that one-on-one. How is God leading, guiding me in whatever form that is? And and like you said, there's no right or wrong way. You know, I mean, I, I get frustrated. Some teachers will say, well, you got to do centering prayer this way. And if God gives you this amazing word, just stick with this. It. Like, well, you know, <laughs> Finley goes, you know, if God's, if it's drawing you closer to God, whatever it is you're doing in your quiet time, for God's sake, continue that. If it's drawing closer to God, like St. Ignatius says, keep doing that. So solitude is one of those four quadrants that I uh, often invite my spiritual directees to do. The second is um, spiritual reading. You know, who are the teachers through books and reflections and that are really helping you grow along your spiritual journey and gain the wisdom of those that are further along the way? The other is community, who are you surrounding yourself? You know, I think as spiritual directors, making sure we have a good, strong peer group is really important, a place where you can kind of dump your, I mean, I I certainly brought Tony to my peer group to help me in my community, you know, work through that basically, but also our, our spouses, our partners, um, faith tradition, you know, who's in our community, spiritual friends that nudge us to grow. And the final piece is really what I call uh, contemplative action that, you know, how do we discover what our gifts are? maybe through a spiritual gifts inventory and then in each season of life, how we're being called to use those gifts as a conduit to, to, you know, make the world a better place and stuff. So that's kind of become my, this whole finding flow has become my, my mantra and, and and, and the book that I'm working on, but I, and workshops that I've been doing. Um, But I, I think it many times I'll bring that into spiritual direction with, with directees and they're grateful to have a template. It's certainly not the only template. There's a lot of different things, but, my my encouragement to directors would be, you know, if you've got some practical tools, you know, it's okay, I think, as my director does with me, is sometimes to teach a little bit. Well, here's a tool that I came across, and you might want to try this um, or consider this. So I think there is that that gentle balance of, yes, we're listening, um, but we're also, as directors, hopefully we're, you know, gaining new insight and wisdom in our own lives, so feeling free to offer some some practices that might be helpful as god might put those on our hearts so
0: yeah that's really helpful to hear it's like hey this helped me it might help
1: you too yeah and to be able to move into that
0: encourager yeah Yeah. as well as well as being this deep listener
1: yeah i like sometimes i just had a guy i met with just an amazing guy 30 years old he's a uh, uh, director of Religious Education, he just exper- he's just moving into the con- contemplative journey and he's all, all excited, he's what's next, Brian, what's next? And, and so I was like, really, well, would you consider reading maybe some books on on, on contemplation? You know, I mentioned Finley's book on contemplative, uh, the contemplative heart, or there's a lot of good books out there. So, you know, feeling free to, you might want to consider this. It, 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 you know, I think as directors, it's it's okay to do that, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. So, how far are you in your journey on spirit in the spiritual direction certification? Uh, oh, I am.
0: Uh, I guess I started in August, July, Sorry. early yeah, late July, early August, and I'm doing a a program uh, through two spiritual directors. Uh, one is in Michigan. Uh, the other one is in Chicago. It's a, it's an interspiritual spiritual guide program mm. uh, called spiritual guidance training. I had to do my sort of practicum here locally. I'm in Bellevue, Seattle. I have two people that I see for spiritual direction and then I have a spiritual director and then I have a supervisor. uh, Get a lot of feedback from my teachers and my peers. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's professional <laughs> development for me, right?
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> but I love it too. I it's uh, I resonate with it. It's uh, it it feels it's really meaningful work for me, and I, be- I believe in it. Yeah, uh, I you know I can I can attest to it. You know, both in the offering of spiritual companionship and in receiving. Yeah, uh, that it, it's meaningful helpful yeah. uh, and i i believe everyone should have
1: one i i would agree exactly yeah it's yeah. Uh, there's that giving and receiving in it isn't it as yeah. a director and as a directee it's like yeah it's 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 so amazing to me i often say to my wife that you, you get this literally like fly on the wall ability to look into people's very intimate life in a very private way obviously it, it, you know don't disclose it outside of there but it's amazing that people just, they need to tell their stories to, to yeah. really connect with where is God and themselves in the midst of that. So, yeah, so keep totally. it up. Good, good work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Thank you uh, for your work too. And uh, where can people
1: find you, Brian? You have a, you have a blog you mentioned. and Yeah. So my website is brianplacta.net. Okay. So www. or www.brianplacta.net. And um, yeah, feel free to reach out if you pop pop in there, then there's a free pop up to get my last book, which is uh, Life's Toolbox, uh, Blueprints Included. Uh, So there's a, a, you can get that for free and then it signs up if if you want to the uh, weekly blog I do that comes out every Monday and stuff. So yeah, feel free to reach out. Okay,
0: wonderful. Well, Brian, thank you so much for your time today. Thank Uh, you for sharing your story and your
1: work with us. Uh, Thank you, Matt, it's great to talk to you. Have a good one.
0: If you liked this show and would like us to continue making them, please do subscribe now while it's fresh on your mind. Also, we would love to hear from you, so please feel free to send in your comments and suggestions to the email address podcast at sdiworld.org. To learn more about spiritual companionship and ways that you can plug in and join our community, visit us at our website at www.sdiworld.org. Thank you. Blessings and peace on your day, and may you share blessings and peace to others.